Welcome back to episode five of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah, and with me I have Dan. How you doing? And I have Jason. Hello. So good afternoon or good morning, everyone. Mm -hmm. um, we're excited to bring this episode to you, our listeners. Today, our big topic is going to be about building community. And uh, with some breaking news that dropped recently, um, it's a very keen and very timely topic, wouldn't you say, guys? Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So before we get started, though, why don't we just uh, talk about any games we're playing? Uh, have you guys played any games recently? Uh, nothing really new. Just kind of been War Machine for me. Okay. I've been sucked into several games. Uh -oh. um, Keyforge is a big one. Lately. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty we, dang popular. We talked about Keyforge in our last episode briefly, mm -hmm. because I, I played a demo game too. Very interesting game. Um, Richard Garfield design, a lot of cool stuff, seeing uh, changes after having, for myself, played Magic for way too long. Um, it's a nice breath of fresh air to yeah. just be like, oh, let me just throw down a card game and not feel like I have to buy millions of booster packs. Yeah. Well, well, confession time. How many packs have you purchased? Um, well, my girlfriend is usually pretty good about... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, usually pretty good about telling me once it's around Christmas that I'm not going to buy anything. Oh, very good. So, only eight? <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Only I can, eight. Well, okay. Wow. Come on, she's not going to listen to this. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems less bad when in comparison to some of my buddies who are already past the 20 mark. Yeah. So... Makes me feel less bad, but yeah, I know that's a big number still for I me. actually ran into a, an old Heroclix player that I knew from back when I played Heroclix, and he's into Keyforge right now, and I think he he's one of the 20 mark guys. Yeah. I think he's at least 20 packs. It's so. it's a little dangerous. It's definitely... Yeah. Card games are, t are, yeah. are spooky. I'm thinking about uh, getting a couple and just putting in the stockings for the boys, and um, you know, because you're right, Christmas is coming, yeah. and <clears throat> it's a nice gift, and, and you know... <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hmm. Have you had a you've you've had a chance to play it? One demo game. Yeah, I played with Jesse, mm -hmm. and uh, and I, I really liked the mechanic. It was pretty clever. Mm -hmm. So I like the no obligation to pick up more, but mm -hmm. you definitely have the desire to pick up more. Yeah. Right? Well, it's kind of like okay. So I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh with with Ozzy, yeah. and and um, it takes a lot of brain power for me to like figure out what's happening in the game. You know, um, because I didn't grow up playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I grew up playing Magic. That, yeah. that was yeah. my game, and and, <laughs> and it made sense to me. You know, um, but uh, but even me, as as little as I play, or um, I still want to have a couple different decks to, you know, to yeah. And that's go how they get you, Ozzy. right? That's yeah. how they get you. So, oh well, that one doesn't seem to do well against you. Right. Let me try this other yeah. one. So I, I could see me going and getting a couple Keyforge decks, and you know, I feel like playing this one today or whatever. <laughs> yep. You need some variety that way, you know. They're not knowing what you're going to play all the time, and you get the right. same match over and over right. again. Right. Oh man, yeah. Well, my big thing is um, my my D and D group. We're we're doing Starfinder right now. Oh yeah. And I love um, there's there's some there's some elements about the game that I just love. Like two sessions ago, we had this fantastic car chase. It was the rules were so cleverly written, and there was like excitement and anticipation in that session that that you don't normally feel, you know, the same way. Mm. And so you had the the driver has has his his the things that he can do, and then the passengers have the things that they can they can do. And so uh, last week or last night we had our second session, um, and where we kind of wrapped everything up and saved the day as you know as one does in in RPGs. But and then um, and then my wife and I were playing. Um, 
what is it? A pandemic legacy. How and, are you liking that one? Oh, it's so good. We're in season two. Yeah. And it's completely opposite of regular pandemic. Mm-hmm. Actually yep. like it better. I think oh, it's, really? it's harder. We we haven't won a session yet. Um, <laughs> so but but the way that we will I think um, This game is so fun, I lose all the time. Right? Well a couple of us a couple of us are forgetting our um, what our roles are. And so yeah. we're just not uh, we're not completing the objectives that we need to complete in time. And that's really what it is. Um, but it's sort of a, re- a reverse mechanic from regular Pandemic, mm-hmm. um, which is why I like it. I think it's, uh, once again, it's clever. Yeah, I'm not sure if you played uh, Betrayal Legacy. No. Not um, yet. It's on the list. Yeah. saw that, yeah. I've mm. been working on it, and it's it's pretty good so far. Yeah. I will say that it's got, like, the nice legacy components where it's nice. like, you know, you're doing stuff, and as you're adding it, uh, you're removing things from the game that seem to really have bad implications for yourself for your future games. Yeah. Um, I definitely do dig the legacy mechanic as far as spicing up a game that yeah. like betray betrayal at house on the hill is like a 10 year old game or something well, right? on its own right it's game. awesome you right. know just regular yeah. betrayal is awesome i can't even imagine what will happen when you put the layer uh, of legacy on top of it it's very silly is what it is is oh. what it comes down to i'm not going to spoil anything okay that's right, yeah. right. <laughs> i was going to say what you might want to say when you're playing pandemic with your wife is know your role that might not go so well. Oh, oh savage! <laughs> so no, we played with another couple, yeah. and uh, and we've been we've been we did season one. It took us about a, a full calendar year to get season one done, and now we're on season two. And it's just nice every once in a while we just have a game night. Yeah, and, you can just pick it up. You know, yeah, so cool. it's good. So how about any War Machine games, guys? Well, you know, just the last one we played was our uh, for the YouTube uh, Bat Rep. That's right. Little, was little, it Caliban? Yep, Caliban and Bartolo. Bartolo, Bartolo Colon, like the pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple weeks now since I got my last game in, sadly. But I played uh, Zal 2 with uh, two Supreme Guardians against a horrible um, Assyria? Whatever the floaty retribution lady is. And she had yeah. Hyperion. And um, I remembered why I really dislike Assyria and the Hyperion, because those those pie plates that just putting down and removing immortals it's like oh yeah. well i guess i don't need tough um yeah <laughs> overrated it's not yeah basically yeah. that it's kind of fun to see retribution kind of come back though no it's, i disagree I, well i mean <laughs> well the trident's some, not even out some yet. of my early games in war machine were against my buddy who decided to pick up retribution the same uh-huh. buddy um and he was a big fan of the mage hunter strike force okay. and i playing signar initially really liked Jax and right. Mage Hunter Strike Force basically said that you don't get to play Jax yeah. so as a Kator player I would hate that yeah, yeah. yeah. but I'm not playing Kator anymore so <laughs> uh, who cares well I, I will be once the Doom Reavers drop actually yeah. full confession <laughs> that's only like no one surprise. or two Jax you're okay <laughs> yeah alright yeah we uh, we uh, the same day that I played um, we filmed our bat rep yep. I um, I played a, one of my journeyman league games and um, I played against Oz, and uh, and so he's he's actually playing Kador for the Journeyman League, and I'm playing Scorn for the Journeyman League, and um, and let's see what happened. I think I won on scenario in that one because there's this uh, in week three and four. There's that you introduced scenario. the yeah yeah. So um, that was the only Journeyman League I got in. We went to Rune and Board on Wednesday, and um, and there weren't very many Journeyman players there, and so I let Oz play with Harry and. Um, and they had a good game, good game. and uh, and I just stood around waiting, <laughs> and then by the time the game was over, we went home for dinner. So well, that's all I got. I'm pl- you can't see it on the mic, but I'm playing a sad small violin. <laughs> Very sad small violin. Yeah. I mean, you could 
But yeah, I got two here. games in the last week. I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so we're actually gearing up for the for the coming next event. Oz and I are going to play a game tonight, so full nice. seventy five pointer. Nice. So um, yeah, and we'll talk about that later when we get to the events part. So uh, about hobby progress. Um, last episode, I talked about the finish a figure challenge, and my figure was the Rhinodon. Um, and I, I finished it. I, I just have to paint the arcs or do a line if I want to do that instead. And uh, But it's, I have a done model. I did it. Congrats. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> it looks <laughs> great. It, it does legitimately look great. Thank you. I came came here, and one of the first things Jeremiah did was show me off. Show off his <laughs> rhino on to me. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes over to the shelf and is like, look. <laughs> look what I did. How about you, Dan? Did you finish a figure? Yeah. So I ended up completing my champs and then uh, actually did a little bit of work on my... Dracodile um, mm. lava oh. theme I'm doing, and then uh, so oh. yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking forward to seeing that. Right. Um, and then I finished. Uh, well, I need to just do a little bit of basing, but my uh, Dunia knot. So nice. I did it a little bit quicker on them just because they're very limited use. So yeah, uh, that's the one where you're doing the brightly colored scheme. Right? Yep. Like one yellow and one. Yeah, I have two of them are like a red yellow, and then yeah. like the leader is a red blue, um, mainly because I got sick of painting yellow. So <laughs> I made the leader blue robed. It's fair. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's helpful, I think, uh, as an opponent. Uh, yeah. Who's the, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, well, um, we want to move on to our main topic today. And the main topic is about um, building community. And one of the things that is unique in games is, is I think, um, wargaming players, like players who play tabletop war games, uh, tend to approach games and tend to approach community a little bit different than, let's say, a, just a regular board gamer, yeah. or an, especially a video gamer. I mean, there's all the different kinds of gamers, mm-hmm. but war gamers are kind of their own breed. And uh, Dan and I, we invited Jason to be on our podcast to help talk about that topic. And um, so before we actually dive into that, um, I think you're uniquely gifted to help us with that conversation. Flattery. And so, of course, this Just is how, bald you, get, face this is how yeah. you get guests on. You, you well, can't pay I do them. Wanna, so you, <laughs> I do want to say thank you for inviting me. It is yeah. truly a treat. Yeah, Jeremiah is a wonderful person. And Dan, oh, more so far, seems right. reasonable. That's the last 15 minutes. He's been side-eyeing me, just like yeah. giving me like mm. the, the mm. throat-cutting action there. That's um, how we're sitting, but that's all right. Yeah. Give it another hour. There I like go. how, since no one can see, I can just like forge the narrative however right. I want. That's true. Be like, Jeremiah is having any grapes clothes. right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> um, Sorry. Oh. All right. <laughs> Who might edit uh, that out? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was a PG show. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, yeah, so go ahead. Uh, so, Jason, uh, tell us about kind of your gaming history. Um, and tell tell us sure. the, the journey and how you got into War Machine and, you know, what factions you play. Yeah, the course. whole thing. I just want to know about you. Um, okay, so Skinny, the short and skinny of it. Um, I played a lot, of, a lot of video games growing up, as I'm sure a lot of people around my age uh, have. I am... Younger, I guess, for the normal wargaming community. I'm 29. Um, not necessarily the youngest, kind of middle of the pack, I guess. Um, but I started into wargaming actually before I did board gaming, which um, I think is a little odd from my experience talking to other people. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, I just started seeing some like cool robot models mm-hmm. online, and I saw like it was honestly like the Kador, uh, the Clamjacks. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what is that thing? And ended up looking into it, but um, as someone who had never done a hobby war game or a hobby game in general, or even like 
put models together. It was super intimidating. Hmm. And I don't remember what it was, but I went to my local game store and I bought the two-player battle box, the old Mark II uh, Kator versus Protector one. And uh, I ended up building it a little bit and hanging out. Um, Now, this is kind of like a while ago, but one of the first places that I went to was, uh, I believe it was Nightfall Games over in Beaverton. Um, And I hung out there. And I think actually one of the first people I met, um, and this is like a little shout out because I like this guy, Ron, um, great guy. And I think I met him there. And then there was, um, for the life of me, I'm horrible with names, as I told you guys beforehand. Um, I think Chris was the guy who owned Nightfall Games. Um, And he got me set up with like, oh, you know, here's how to do painting stuff and some of that stuff there. So nice little entry point there. But I never played until like a year and a half later and okay. I got one of my roommates to actually take like the the protectorate part because burning and fire made sense. and we actually got some games in nice um from there it was kind of off and on with the war machine um I ended up getting more into board games but okay. then eventually D&D and yeah. I run a lot of D&D um I play D&D three times a week which is perhaps too many um but no. no, shaking your head. I Good. so far I don't think so. But some sometimes I wonder because no. I run all the games. Um, I was gonna say, are you running them or are yeah, you every single one? <laughs> so how do you keep the story straight? That's my question. Uh, it helps when you cheat and run the same story for all of them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's cheating. Yeah, yeah. But don't tell them, okay? Okay, I won't say anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they know. Um, but then going back into uh, War Machine, mm-hmm. where coincidentally, and this is kind of where I would be going with uh, talking about the community aspect is um, a lot of people that I played board games in D&D with I ended up playing War Machine with Um, a lot of these people like either I introduced them to the game or um, they had heard a little bit about it and just needed that like little bit of like oh you know I do have some stuff let's try playing it sort of thing everyone has models lying around yeah right Um, pretty much right so here I am now and I own way too much stuff and way too many board games Yes. And have very little time. Yes. Well, okay. So let me, let me, let's get the list. What, uh, what factions do you play? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, all right. So I own and play Signar, Scorn, um, Mercenaries for Cephalix. Yes. Gators for Minions. Um, I have Trolls. I don't really play them, but I have trolls. Um, And then I, partially as gifts and stuff, own and have played a little bit of Kador, Menoth, Retribution, Legion, and Circle. Circle technically belongs to my girlfriend, but I initially bought that army, and then she kind of inherited it and added it to her own collection. Okay. Um, So basically, it's easier to say what I don't own. Yeah. You don't play pigs, though, huh? No, so I never really dug the aesthetic. I like oh. the... I appre- Yeah, you're hurt. You I'm are hurt, I know. I'm personally offended. Um, I appreciate the aesthetic mm-hmm. as far as, like, oh, yeah, you know, like the kind of Mad Max crazy guys. Um, yeah. I just have always loved gators way more. So that's, that's been my division. Ozzy and I split our... Min- my, we, we got a, a minion lot, you know, on eBay or whatever, mm-hmm. and I p- picked up some random pieces to supplement. Ozzy took the gators, and I took the pharaoh. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dan plays 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I'm up in there a bit too. You know, yeah. like so I got trolls, <laughs> the Signar. Um, recently picked up some uh, convergence. I got a little bit of Manoth, a little oh, yeah. bit of Cricks, a little bit of oh Cricks mercenaries. I have, I have that too. There you go. <laughs> now you're still eleven, I think. That's in a box that's separate. <gasps> uh, <laughs> I forgot about that one. Oh no. Oops. <laughs> oh my. Um, you know, yeah, but like we said, what we play, what we don't. You know, it's mm-hmm. mainly I have yeah. more experience with the Gators as well as what I played a lot this last year, and then. Uh, Good choice, man of taste. Right, looking at, taste. looking at trolls this coming year. I've been, you know, kind of dabbling back into Signar too. So we'll see. Well, you know, if he needs the yeah. <laughs> Signar Marketplace, yeah. Yeah, there it is, right on. <laughs> Shout out to Ben there. Oh That's yeah, such a clever name. I thought it's right? good. Um, <laughs> oh, to be the admin. Yeah. So, um, so uh, we want to talk about what a healthy community looks like. Yeah. And, and we can draw on all of the experiences we have, you know, you know, we're board gamers, you know, we're card gamers, you know, you, you know what the magic community is like, you know, and I know what the Yu-Gi-Oh community is like. And, um, you know, but more importantly, I guess we want to talk about um, just kind of the theme in general, what a healthy community looks like. And then maybe we can talk about it specifically, um, what a healthy war machine community looks like, especially in the Pacific Northwest which is where we are and that's why we started our podcast because we mm-hmm. wanted to we wanted to help foster that so yeah well either one of you guys jump in what does a healthy community look like throw out some ideas i'll defer to our guest oh, God dang it <laughs> there we go resident expert okay yep um well if we're talking about a healthy community in general um so far what i know uh there are a few a few things and i've been thinking about this because when jeremiah uh invited me onto the show he's like you know i want to talk a little bit about the community stuff and this was before kind of some of the more dramatic events that have gone on uh, in this past week. Um, I was thinking about it, I feel like I boiled it down to a few points. Um, One of them is that community, in order to be healthy, really needs to be inviting. Now, it doesn't need to invite everyone because you still want to have a community about a specific thing. Right. Um, But it needs to be inviting. And that means that when you have someone who doesn't know what you're doing or who is curious or maybe who's like coming back, being really mm. welcoming and honestly helpful is is kind of like a no-brainer but it's surprising how many places you can go i mean we've all been to the store like a store in general and felt like a deer in the headlights and like oh you know i, I really need to find something i kind of don't yeah. want to ask i don't want to bother anyone and no one helps you and then you feel kind of excluded right yeah. um and it can happen at certain game stores especially where it can get kind of clicky now Uh, All the game stores around Portland so far that I've seen are pretty dang good about avoiding that. Um, But having been other states, you know, those, of course, other states, right? Um, But other places or even for other hobbies, it's a really bad feeling going in someplace and feeling like they don't really want you there. You know, I want to just highlight that right there. Whenever I travel, I always Google the nearest game store and I try to try to go there and try to offer patronage, right? Mm-hmm. Some, you know, even if it's my my home game store at home carries a product, I might, you know, especially if it's a small thing, I can put in my luggage or whatever. But my local game stores, like I love all the game stores in in the Portland area, and every time I go in, I feel like I'm hanging out with friends and I feel like I'm you know coming home. But sometimes I've traveled and I have been in those places where, you know, they they. I don't think they wanted my money. Yeah. They didn't want me there. I don't know. I mean, it's tough. And it doesn't necessarily help when a lot of game stores, you know, they're kind of like passion, almost a hobby in and of itself that the person who owns it opened it, right? And it ends up being 
just a matter of like you know it's it's kind of small and mm-hmm. it feels like this is someone's project rather than like a store where they want to to be inviting right. people in mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a ding on anyone it's really hard to i'm sure get yeah. a game store going yeah. a game store going as well as as run it um, but that inclusiveness yeah. is is really important that's a really good point here um inviting and i'm going to add that last word you said inclusiveness um, making sure that you know all gamers are welcome. Yeah, that's just important. What other kind of whatever what other characteristics make a healthy community? Um, well, the other two, and I'll just kind of touch on them quick, okay. and then um, the other two that I I was kind of feeling encapsulated is um, big words today. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be impressive. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other ones that I was thinking is um, the second would be they need to be flexible um in terms of this one was when you join a community and say it's like yeah you know they're welcoming and they get you in mm-hmm. um but maybe they don't necessarily do exactly the thing that you're interested because in. when you have a broader community it tends to be a little bit more scattered when you have a very narrow community you end up with a problem of being potentially not inclusive enough right so if we're mm-hmm. specifically yeah. you know say we were war machine gamers that are for the community at you know the house at the end of the road on Tuesday nights. That specific one ends up being too specific, right? Um, so mm. being a community that is flexible enough to include more people kind of goes into that first one, mm. um, and that often means that community members being flexible as well in terms of kind of shifting sometimes what you want to do to accommodate players who you know maybe aren't as about uh, whatever the hobby is or whatever the community is about. Um, and then that last one. Um, I have some good questions about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Right. But why don't you do the, your third one? Yeah, and the last one is... Toss, um, toss around. Of course, goes to, but more into the uh, the people in general. Um, so far, successful communities that I've seen and like watched or helped, because D&D is a big thing that I kind of help grow in my, my area, um, is that it really helps when the people that are in your community are people that you want to do stuff outside that community with. Um, so like if you are a big war machine gamer, it really helps your community to turn those into people who you just feel like, yeah, I can go go get a drink or go to the bar or mm-hmm. something, right? Or go have board game nights. Yeah. Um, having stuff outside the mutual hobby certainly helps because then it avoids turning it into kind of like a job where I go here, I know these people, yeah, I'll hang out with these people here, but I don't really want to see you outside of work, hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and that can sound a little harsh, I think, but yeah. usually what it comes down to is making sure that the people in your community are the sort of people that you want to do other things with. That's a really yeah. profound um, idea, I think. Um, when the whole, like, connecting it to a job, like... A job is your like your workplace is kind of like an isolated thing, right? You only see these people. The only thing that brings you together is that you have the same employer, mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a healthy place to work. And using that same analogy, you know, the only thing that brings you together is a shared hobby, and but that doesn't mean that the community is healthy. Yeah, I really like that because what can happen um, is. And like for instance, D and D is my my community organizational like background here, and sure. and what you can see is that people will play with these people that they outright dislike because they want to play D and D more than they dislike that person. Yeah, and that's not in a good place to be free community where. 
people are tolerating each other, right? Yeah. And that's it's not. Yeah, my my D and D group um, <clears throat> consists of guys I've known for several years, mm-hmm. and one of them is a host. He hosts um, a regular game night in his house, probably probably three or four times a year, and and it's always open, and anybody can invite anybody. And we always play party games, and then we break out into smaller sessions in different rooms and play more specific games or whatever. But we're also in the D&D group together, and that really, really, like, brings our bond together. You know what I mean? And, um, and so we have, a, we have a guy in our group who is really struggling with some things. And um, I actually missed last night's session. And, um, you know, and so he was just feeling down. You know, and so yeah. so last night I got home and I was like, "Hey, we missed you," you know, and you know, once you know that, you know, it, you know, yeah, you it's know. it's that thing where, again, I guess going back to the sort of businessy relationship, yeah. people fall into it. It's not like anyone's fault if a community is like only for a thing and then people just right. kind of go, um, but it certainly is a hallmark of a strong community when someone is having a rough time and someone can reach out and feel comfortable going, you know, like. We missed you, dude. Hope you're doing okay. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, if you need something, just ask us, right? Yeah. I mean, pointing out and something that does like fill the cockles of my heart or whatever the phrase might be is like every once in a while seeing on COG, like, oh, someone had this thing or I uh, can't remember the name. Again, names escape me, but someone had their war machine stuff stolen out of their car. Yeah. Oh, that was a bummer. And just, you know, right yeah. away, it wasn't even like, oh, that sucks. It's like, dude, do you need stuff? Yeah. You know, what are you looking for? What was missing? You know, where was it? How can we help you? Good, good indicator of things going well because people jumping in, not just because, oh, you know, that sucks, but because, no, actually, we want to get you back in the game sort of thing, right? Yeah. That was really neat when I saw that. I was going to bring that Mm -hmm. one up, too, is is kind of that that cool thing where, you know, like you said, everyone's just like, jump in and, hey, dude, yeah, that sucks, but I got these spare models. I got this. What, what What do you need? You know, and... He wasn't even bringing it up like, hey, charity guys. He just yeah, was he like. He didn't ask. It was, yeah. it, was, mm-hmm. it was just offered. Yeah. He was just like, hey, fair warning. Beware of this. And hey, if you see it on, you know, a secondary market, here's my color scheme. It's pretty, you know, for, yeah. for ret, pretty recognizable. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, it sounds like maybe a non-player picked them up. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Again, it, it got beaten to death as far as the problems with it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, someone looks in the car, thinks it's expensive, like camera equipment or something. Yeah. And then when they realize it's not, you're not even going to see it at pawn shop, which sucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to go, oh, this is like toys. It's yeah. trash. Right. Yeah. They don't see the value in it. Yeah. And they, they don't see the effort and the, you know, the, yeah. and the pride it takes. I mean, because like if you, if you get like, you know, your, your TV or some other electronics stolen, usually if you call, uh, call cops you can put out like a hey look for these things yeah. it's got these this mark, th- right yeah. and they can yeah. right not gonna happen with miniatures yeah no you know um one of the things too you know this this third point you said about hanging out outside um when when two months ago we had our um, i5 team championship and we had teams coming in from all up and down the west coast uh, what was a lot of fun was to hear about some of the guys who went out together. You know, they got dinner or whatever, and you know, and and making friends with folks in other states. You know, like I ran into Robbie again this year, who I met last year's you know I five uh, uh, tournament event, and and so um, uh, that sort of thing I think adds to the flavor of the community. Um, you know, when you feel like you're a part of something that's bigger 
than than something that's kind of smaller. Yeah. So, well, um, those are I think those are three great ideas that that describe a, a healthy community. Um, the next question, the next couple of questions, kind of spiral down the rabbit hole a little bit. Um, what happens when your community takes a hit? And so the first level I want to go down is is what happens when someone new comes to the community. Maybe they're a brand new gamer, or maybe they're coming from a different game, and 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 maybe they don't have quite the same positive outlook that you do, mm-hmm. or or maybe just like just ethic, or or you know as as you do as the community in general does, um, you know. What happens when when that happens? What do you guys think? Um, I think a lot of things can happen. I mean, you can either get some nice, fresh ideas. You can get some new things. Um, or like, and you could get also some of those guys that, you know, oh, this is how we did it back in my, my group. This is how we did it over here. You know, so yeah. we need to do it the same way, even though maybe it, it doesn't work the same. Maybe it's just the the correlation, you know, like, you know, the D&D example. Well, you know, we don't, we don't need some of that guy in our party. Oh, I don't like just, you know running through villages and killing everybody well that's what we always did with my party well our guys don't really like doing that so i mean yeah 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 there's um there's the i'm not sure if you guys have heard um the eternal september effect right Um, no what is this okay so i was too young to be alive or really conscious (laughs) during the actual portion of it um but around like 1990 early 90s whatever um, when Usenet was a thing, um, there was this community of Usenet users, and every September they get an influx of freshmen who were gaining access to it. And long story short, um, it's a big influx of new people, mm-hmm. and the community was large enough that as they absorbed these new people, either the people you know uh, attuned to the rest of the community and kind of aligned with whatever the community was doing, mm-hmm. or they left. Um, and then there was like something with the fact that AOL started sending out floppies and CDs like crazy with, uh, you know, the free trials and whatnot. Yeah. And suddenly there were way more people constantly than this community could adopt. Now, um, the idea behind Eternal September is that if you get too many new users or new community members, then you end up diluting what your community can do. Um, or what they focus on, and it can end up shifting and changing. Like a group that suddenly was about, you know, meeting and planting trees or something ends up being, oh yeah, they kind of just hang out at the bar, yeah. right? Obviously a few steps between, um, right. but the eternal September effect is something that some communities have to be worried about. Now, it is a perhaps kind of sad fact about wargaming in that it's a niche enough hobby that I don't think that's ever really gonna be terribly yeah. an issue. However, you still have, you know, when someone joins, um, like Dan was saying, aligning them with, you know, what what do they like and trying yeah. to accommodate. Because it's kind of like where the flexibility bit comes in. So like, you don't want to turn this person away and say, no, the way you're playing is wrong yeah. Yeah. or the way that you enjoy the game is wrong. But you also kind of want them to be a part of the community that yeah. you've already built, right? You know, that, that whole influx of large players at a time kind of thing, I feel like um, in our community that can sort of happen with the advent of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, I recently kickstarted the other side, and and I was so I immediately I got hooked on the story. I love the mechanic. I thought the models looked great. 
or the, the you know the mock-up models and everything and so I first thing I did was you know go out and join the Facebook group when you know when I finally had one and everything and um, and the Facebook Facebook group was not what I was looking for yeah um, and I, I it was unhealthy for me to it can be, be rough with Facebook hanging in around in there right. and so but like um, but I think there was I think there were some people who were earnestly trying to give the game a shot and I think there were some people who were just trying to just take shots at the game yep. and you know and um, but but it's a brand new game there's no normal yet for what does the community look like mm-hmm. these are the kind of gamers we want to be you know and um, and and I think and I think it just caused a lot of stress for me. I was like, I don't I don't want to read these comments because I want to like the game that I supported. Yeah. So I mean, part of it is definitely trying to stem the tide of negativity because yeah. it can it can spiral pretty fast, especially like on yeah. Facebook. I don't yeah. know what it is about Facebook, but you know, most communities on there tend to, unless they have really hard moderation, it tends to tends to get pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, and that's one of those things. When you're online, you're just a guy behind a keyboard. I mean, Facebook maybe have a name there, but what are the chances? You know, oh, this guy, that guy's in New Jersey. That guy's in Oregon. You know, oh yeah, hey, we're actually going to meet. Never. So you can kind of, yeah, exactly. You can you can kind of be a little more yeah. boisterous or or trolling. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's dig a little deeper on this. You know, we're talking about you know what what happens when your community takes a hit. What happens when um, someone important moves away you know like or maybe someone in your in your D&D group you know quits and stops playing you know maybe I'm not level two but like but um you know earlier this year you know a couple prominent war machine players um one guy moved I think to Oklahoma you know and one guy just kind of stopped playing the game kind of just drop off face of it yeah just, yeah. yeah just drop off the face. what does that do for the community and I feel like that takes the community takes a hit a little bit there too what, what do you guys think about that it's definitely a definitely a lag, right? You know, you can especially if they're a, a voice in it or, you know, run some events or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. it can be a very very big hit that someone has to fill that void and, and who kinda fills that void. You know, I know back in Hero Clicks, you know, you were Jeremiah was like the main guy running things and then had to back off for reasons and it creates this void of, Okay, who's gonna step up next sort of deal and, yeah. and, and run it and does it kinda go the same, does it not, you know? Yeah, the the league that I started, um, I ran it for two years, and then um, and then there was like a after I stepped down, there were a couple guys that kind of kind of took over, and then um, and then ultimately one of those guys has continued, and actually the the league is still running, yeah. and he has a podcast now, so oh, that's uh, nice. it's, it's kind of cool. Nice. <laughs> it feels good, you know what I mean? And so uh, shout out to Jeff uh, if you're listening, and so. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, but like, but when someone who you're used to seeing regularly mm-hmm. at the game store or someone who you're used to seeing regularly post in, in the chat, you know, and, and all of a sudden you just don't see them anymore, um, what does that do for the community? So um, I think it really depends on how the community is health-wise. Um, if you look at it kind of like, uh, like, like an animal or something. I'm going to get real weird with this analogy, apparently. Hey, we um, have a rabbit, so... Yeah, yeah named Goat. Yeah. Goat is a fantastic rabbit for anyone who uh, was ever doubting it. Um, <laughs> so I think it depends on the health of the community, um, because if a community is healthy and they have like reached this critical mass, um, what I've noticed is that there tends to be like a critical mass. It depends on the community, but um, where 
stuff happens and it can still still go on, still be no problem. Yeah. Um, but if the community is kind of flagging or, or having issues, um, or depending on the person who leaves, it can really shrink or cause a cause a you know a problem with it. Yeah. Um, with D communities um, or other board gaming ones, general ones where you have a bunch of people who are actually hanging out, right? We're not talking necessarily like a community on like Facebook or anything, but where you have people who who need to meet and be organized and things, like Jeremy was saying with the league. Um, some people are glue. And when you lose a person who's glue, uh, people kind of just drift. And it's up to someone else to try and step up and become the glue um, or to just kind of let things happen. Hmm. If you're at that critical mass, it's fine if you lose, you know, one person who's kind of holding a few things together because you've got other people who are who are still involved and, you know, invested. And it's not that. Um, the people who drift can't be invested in it or aren't because they drift. It's just that, you know, some people have uh, a certain force of, of charisma to, to get people to want to show up to stuff in addition to the fact that they like their hobby. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because when it comes down to it, leaving your house and playing with other people sometimes can feel like, you know, I need... I'm going out there just so that I can play my game, right? Yeah. Not necessarily because you, you want to leave the house, right? right. Um and Jeremiah had said something earlier where it's like, you know, oh, going to going to someplace and it feels like home. That's that's really like a good marker of like, OK, this community hit a critical mass of feeling like people are comfortable coming here rather than feeling like, man, I got to drag myself out to there and I'm obligated to do it. Yeah. Um, when you have someone who is like new or fresh and they leave, it's a bit of a bummer um, because, you know, you hope that it's not because you insulted them or, or anything like that, but mm-hmm. maybe that it's circumstances or life rather than the community driving them away. Yeah. Um, and same goes for like when it's large people, hopefully it's not the community or stress from trying to glue the community together. It's that life just kind of pulls them away. Yeah. Um, in any case, when it does happen, it really is a uh, like a test for the rest of the community to kind of like step up and you're like, can it, can it handle this? Who's going to take over some of the responsibilities? Um, it of course depends, but in like our scenario with the Northwest, uh, war machine community, when you have some of these people who are, you know, bigger forces of like, Oh, you know, they're really engaged with people. Yeah. I know, uh, Jeremiah was saying that, um, David, uh, Kwan, right. Yeah, David, David Kwan. Kwan yeah. Um, Super great guy, guy. right? Um, And when he's gone, it's like, oh, you you really feel it. And hopefully you have someone, and in this instance, I'm going to be flattering you guys 100%. um, (laughs) You have people who eventually step up, like Jeremiah and Dan here, and help provide, like, something else that makes it feel more like home again, right? Yeah, thank you. And and I want to shout out to to Ben and James and Chad, who... You know, who are running oh, events. And, 100, yes. And, I mean, that, that really helps. I mean, James does a monthly steamroller, you know, on Sundays, which are, are difficult for me to attend to. And, you know, and Ben's running quarterlies and, and all and kinds Chad, of things. Chad works himself to the bone, that guy. Yeah. Chad, you deserve another <laughs> shout-out. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. you in ages, Chad, but I yeah. miss you, buddy. <laughs> oh, there it is. And so, yeah, so, I mean, I think um, 
I think as a community, we have a lot of community leaders who are stepping in and, and, and helping. And, um, and I think that um, maybe, maybe is a good marker of, of health. Um, what's interesting is that, um, you know, this idea of a community member leaving is I think just the tip of the iceberg though, yeah. because we just had some breaking news on Friday and then down this morning, uh, we learned that uh, Will Pagani, who is the uh, lead CID developer for uh, War Machine and, and Horrors, you know, an employee of Privateer Press, yeah. pretty prominent employee, and then also now Will Schick, um, who is the, uh, uh, the director of business and brand, um, who apparently also wears a lot of other hats um, in, the, in, the way, in the company as well. Um, both of them are stepping down. And if you were to just, just briefly read <laughs> the chat this morning, it almost felt like the sky was falling. Um, it's that, tough. That's yeah, a big hit on tough. the community yeah. without, when we don't know stuff. Yeah. And Privateer Press is notorious about, well, I suppose most businesses would be in general, but Privateer Press is notorious about kind of keeping things in the dark. Um, there was a huge, now I'm not sure if you guys have played Monster Apocalypse or anything, um, but there was a huge Monster Apocalypse community uh, initially. Uh, it just recently got re-released and yeah. people are excited. I, oh, and the I, new models look great. I have purchased a bunch of stuff already. Um, yeah, surprise. I, uh, I have a wish list. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it had a, a big community around it yeah. and there was like a whole bunch of stuff. Apparently there's going to be like a movie or anything. I wasn't playing during the first, first gen or anything. Hmm. Um, and then it kind of just died. And Private Press was real quiet about it, hmm. and it might have been because of like legal ramifications; they can't say anything, etc. Um, but stuff like this, when it's it's quiet, it ends up being dangerous to a community because um, mm-hmm. when people speculate, is yeah. when it starts to get kind of it's like the reverse of hype. Um, it's it's like a doom train, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I've heard that from somewhere like on the cog chat or something. <laughs> um, Take a ride on the doom train. But it's tough, and it's yeah. certainly easy to gossip about, um, you know, like why or yeah. what may be happening. Um, but it is it is a hit. Yeah. It is a big hit, yeah. and it's yeah. like a one-two punch against um, war machine communities in general because they're not going to say anything. And so yeah. as players of this game that... Yeah. I assume most all of us really love and have been a part of for more than just a little while. Right. Um, it it stings and it's definitely a you know yeah. what before is, we gonna happen? yeah before we go down too far yeah um, that that Monpoc, um when I lived in uh, in uh, kind of the Clackamas area um, I used to frequent the uh, downtown um, Tifa downtown Milwaukee Tifa yeah. and uh, and a block and a half over. A, a brand new card uh, a game store opened up, and, and so and of course I got to go to the game store, right? And and like the the premier um, game that he was kind of pushing that he was doing a lot of demos for was the old version of Monpoc, and and I and it looked terribly exciting to me at the time, but I, at that time I wasn't uh, as ambitious with my hobby goals and, yeah. and branching out. I was already playing a collectible miniature game <laughs> and HeroClix and whatever, and. Um, you know, and, and I think about how very quickly that that um, you know that store just ceased to exist. You know, and and I, I'm not it, it's corollary and not causa. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't say that because Monpoc, you know, de- de- you know, 
discontinued and was unsupported that that store happened that bad. But um, um, but but there's uh, there's an interesting way that that companies can can help with the community aspect of their of their you know their yeah. customer base you know with just the way they communicate information. Mm-hmm. So. And of course, we're we're recording here on Monday morning, and and as of now, we haven't heard anything from Private Press yeah. about the leaving of the wills. <laughs> I don't expect that. Yeah, we'll we will hear anything, but don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like I said, it's one of those interesting things where you know a lot of people have said too. It's like I'm sure there's that non-complete clause, <clears throat> compete clause, and like you know you, you can't just go publicly speak out. You know, I'm personally hoping for like a dub squared gaming. You know, <laughs> double wills. You know. Come, <laughs> if they use that, come on, give me some credit. Um, nope. I'm sure, they <laughs> listen, I'm sure they listen to us. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, we'll send this right to their email. Oh, wait, I don't know what their email is now. So, well, yeah. they're still here for like a week. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's still a chance then. But like you said, you know, especially with uh, Pagani being like the lead CID guy and that really driving a lot of the community yeah. up. And, players. you know, I mean, straight. Well, hey, maybe the scoring CID did just like work him too hard. He just said, "I want to, I want to nerf that dirt turtle," and he got told no, and so he's just out. Honestly, I um, think Pagani was more on the on the side of like buffing scoring oh, right. with like Makeda three and being like, "Oh yeah, you know, we want to do this for Makeda three and do all this extra stuff," nice. and getting like told, "No, no, scoring can't have nice things." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's a so I think so I think this news is fresh. And I think the community is processing. I, yeah. I, I did a, I did a bad thing this morning, and I made a joke that, that we'll start to see cheap armies for sale, you know, oh. and um, and I and I, I say it's a bad joke because, while there may be some people who think now is the time to get out, um, I, I really hope that people don't, you know. Um, I still feel fresh, and I still feel really good about the game i mean ozzy is all about it he's already talking about what he wants his next army to be and you know and he's planning for the future of the game and and i'm planning for the future of the game this is you know it definitely i play a lot of different games but this one fits a niche for me that that is really sweet um it is i think a lot of us would be real bummed out because um having come from a bunch of magic the gathering and being a pretty big stickler for like tight rule sets um nothing quite scratches the itch as far as like having a game that really feels like what you do can matter as well as like screw you over um right and that there is a for the most part a pretty good effort to make things cohesive right um having played now i know jeremiah you love frostgrave right i love frostgrave oh my god um well i got new new miniatures coming for that by the way (laughs) we had we and a bunch of buddies and, and co-workers of I had done a Frostgrave League, and I was so frustrated playing that game. Oh. I was so upset playing That's because I wasn't in it. Um, well, not because the people... <laughs> ego. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I'm a bad human. Yeah, I'm sorry. Keep, no, no, you're no, good. Tell us what you are not the opposite of a bad human. Um, why, why are you frustrated by him? It's just, you know, there's a lot of stuff on there that isn't clear. And oh, oh some yeah. things, some spells, man, there's like a telekinesis spell in that game. And that telekinesis spell was busted. Yeah, it was. And it felt like it was easy to make a wrong choice when you don't know how good a spell is in this, you know, it's a little miniature skirmish game, right? And you're trying to gather treasure or kill your opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like you, you didn't know you had like a very bad way, or you didn't really have a good way of evaluating whether or not something would work out because of 
how useful it could actually turn out on top of the fact that dice rolls could be real swingy. Yeah. Um, so I love the, the concept of Frostgrave. Um, yeah. But I am... Did uh, you ever play with any of the expansions? I did. I only okay. played with the first one, and okay. uh, which was like the Lich, the yeah, Necromancer yeah. one or something. I really want to play the, the second iteration, the um, Archipelago. Yeah. Um, that's more pirate-themed, so I can use some of my War Machine miniatures for it. And I'm, I'm, I bet it would challenge Company of Iron as a, as a skirmish game yeah. for, for me. Yeah. Well, so. that, uh, I think, leads back into kind of what you were asking is, like, well, looking towards the future. Um, there are – what's nice about a physical hobby um, – unlike something that's run by like a, a server online or something um, is that they can't take your models away right that's right so, like no one's gonna come in beat your door down and and say oh you know this game's gone it's it's gone right so even right. people who hero clicks is is pretty quiet as far as their releases or some of these other games like uh, Netrunner is a good one to bring up I guess um, fantasy flight lost right. the rights to it and people have been buying it up like crazy because now that it's done, it's a weird effect where people want to play it because they don't have to keep yeah. up with it. Um, and games certainly can survive without any input from publisher and communities can grow around it. There's yeah. certainly uh, a, pun a bunch of examples for online communities where yeah. it's like, you know, before, before World of Warcraft had vanilla servers that they were going to run, people in the community said, we just want to run this. And yeah. obviously legal issues yeah. aside, yeah. Um, got well, that going right well and, and ninth age yeah you know, exactly that's people didn't want to play age yeah. of sigmar they wanted to still mm -hmm. play they don't fantasy battle right yeah. um so war machine i think going forward um worst case is that you have your stuff and you can play with people who also still have their stuff and still love the game yeah and i don't think any of us are going to lose a love for war machine like overnight now there might be things that go you know i need to take a break from it and i've done that right but you can always come back to it because it's not like they expire or go away. Yeah. Um, but that's worst case. I think what we're probably going to see is just needing to really kind of double down on keeping people interested and making sure that the focus is on people having fun. Because at the end of the day, we're playing a game, right, mm -hmm. with little little things that we put together and put paint on and spent hours and hours trying to figure yes. out, you know, you know, what do I want to put on my list, et cetera. Um, but at the end of the game, it's it's a day, it's a game that we're trying to play with people that we enjoy being with. Yeah. Um, and as long as you got that, even if the community kind of shrinks on it, you can still lean on having these experiences or, or relationships with people, and you know maybe come back to it, and maybe it, something happens, and maybe the community yeah. booms again because something else happens with Privateer Press as a company. Right. We, we don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I think yeah. trying to enjoy it is the way forward still. Right. I like that. Yeah. I like that. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about just kind of the average person, you know, Dan, you and me, just Jason, just average gamers. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it's a game we enjoy. You know, what, what do you think the way forward for them is? Um, you know, how can we, we still want to help build community. And so what, what, what can we do for that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, as far as some of that goes, it's just, you know, like I said, keeping kind of supportive aspect of it. Like you said, it's very easy to go down the negative, mm -hmm. um, especially just in the privateer press. You know, the uh, the mystery boxes lately, right? You know, let's, you know, 
clearing out a bunch of old inventory kind of always speculation makes, yeah right? it makes you the wonder then this happens and then some people leave and you can really go down a down a dark way whereas you know maybe it's a positive thing maybe something's going on and hey we're getting some cheaper models you know of just clearing out old stuff because they need to shrink a warehouse or focus on new stuff right i love that um in the in the cog chat since when i got here i did not know about uh will schick <laughs> Um, having put his announcement in. So I caught up on the COG chat real quick, and I love that Greg was yeah. uh, our nice our nice voice of reason yeah. catching up on it. <laughs> and that's, I think, a thing that you also really need yeah. um, is that you don't want your, you don't want, I mean, I don't want the community to, to go into like a death spiral of yeah, like, oh, right. you know, we got we to gotta fire sale yeah. and get out of it. Um, so tempering your expectations. Now, yeah. being hopeful is certainly going to be more pleasant than than fretting about it because i will admit you know like i love this game and um after hearing about i heard a little bit more about like the supply side of of what happened with like the mark three launch and how there was like a lot of issues with it and i got super worried because i love this game and i've invested a bunch of friendships and gained friendships from it yeah um and i don't want that to go away yeah but being more hopeful towards it and tempering your your hope i think yeah. is yeah is what is what is going to be most helpful it's not necessarily going to be the most accurate but right. i think it's going to be most helpful right you know i want to go back to um the one of the second really i think it was the first point that you made about describing a healthy community and and i think even now as important as ever has been to be inviting into our community you know, to invite people to play games, you know, to have models on the table and someone comes in and says, what's this? And, and you say, hey, it's this great game. Why don't I teach you a thing or two about it? And, or, you know, people going in and just painting. And, you know, uh, you know like, like Perry, I think, paints like, you know, every, every Wednesday, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so people coming in. And, and, I, and I hope, you know, I hope things like that continue. Um, you know, I hope that James and Ben still get events going um, and keep them, keep them coming. And Chad has a you know event coming up too, and so it's like I hope those things continue to happen. Um, and uh, and I'd love to see new players play. Yeah. Uh, you know as well. Any kind of closing thoughts before we kind of leave our main topic? No, I'm good. <laughs> kind of said a yeah. I think it's an ongoing conversation. Yeah, yeah. So. I feel like I feel like it's going to be talked about for a while, especially since it's we're going into holiday season, and yeah. there's a lot of us who are going to be having more time to play. Maybe, maybe not. Um, oh, I uh, maybe maybe less time because of <laughs> the holidays. Actually, for that reason, um, but yeah, I think yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, recommendation to anyone who's looking for a roommate: you should find one who plays War Machine. So <laughs> Honestly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that Ozzy plays now means I can get in a game whenever I want. Almost. So I he think just has to have his own. I think first. a lot of Cog members <laughs> or several people have that long game. You're like, oh, I'll just have a yeah. kid. There it is. Eventually, get them into War Games. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so speaking of events, we have a few events coming up. Uh, we have the Three Commanders event this Saturday. And uh, Jason, are you competing in that? I am not. I am terribly slow when it comes to playing. Oh, very good. <laughs> I clock myself all the time. Mm. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's there. Me too. So, uh, Dan, are you playing? Yes, I am. Excellent. So, so I'm excited. You, you got your team. Uh, what's your team name again? Uh, 
I think we're just pretty much keeping the same as like the I five was some filthy casuals because <sighs> three of three of us uh, that were on that team are playing. So okay, yeah, and I defected. I'm on yeah. the Jer Bears, <laughs> and then uh, and then Oz is with uh, Greg and Eli, but I can't remember their team name. So um, Gregland probably Gregland. I don't yeah. know. I I hope they have a good catchy name, um, but I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a big event. It's gonna be a four rounder. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of people there. And then, um, and then I think the next event is is going to be the close of the Journeyman League, and that's going to be on um, December thirtieth, and then after that on um, the next following Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, uh, Runeborg they're re- they they got the extra space. Yeah, next that's door. exciting, right? There's light, or, or there's windows, so it's much lighter the the, the miniature side of things, and they're going to have um, uh, scramblers all day. And I'm excited about that, just for funsies, because I can come in in the afternoon and play a couple scrambling, right. you know, yeah. you know, and just you know. Um, so I, I hope I hope people will show for that, um, and then um, and then eight days later is the start of the Masters League. So any of you guys going to participate in the Masters League? <laughs> you okay? You don't understand. I have such bad tournament anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> this is like tournament light. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe you yeah. should just come practice with scramblers on the sixth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I plan on uh, participating in that as well. Like I said, nice. it's kind of my anniversary tournament. Like I said, I was like playing tournaments, and last last year's that you know was my first foray oh, yeah. into it. So it, was, it you know it's a nice easy because you're just kind of that one on one. You just play in one game, mm. you just focus on that one game, and then move There's on to the hope next. Even for me, yeah. is that oh. what you're saying? Exactly, <laughs> you can do it. Dan, we didn't celebrate your one year anniversary as a War Machine uh, player. Your one year birthday. When was that? When when did you have to play your first game? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember exactly. It was like when. at my house, right? Yeah, it was. It was at your place because I borrowed your uh, your Kador. Some of your Kador. We did a oh, zero point Kador versus Kador. It's a good way to get them hooked. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, Kador. Um, good stats. Dude, just right. trundle forward. My very first game was at Nexus Games over in uh, in Gresham, and uh, and it was and I borrowed models from the store owner. Right. <laughs> it's like and it was Kador. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like. Kong, kong, kong. Crunch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we also noticed quickly I went, you know, Signar trolls kind of no. away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. All right. Well, happy birthday whenever it is happy to being a, 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 a baby war machine yeah. player. Um, yeah. Um, well, and after the um, the uh, the Masters, um, Spellstorm Ministers are going to be sponsoring the King of Coins event. And these are rules that we Maybe. got from Battle Driven, right? Yes. And they've given us permission to, to run our own style here. And so we're trying to figure out how the tokens are going to go and and, um, cool. and we're going to connect with the other community leaders to make sure that it it fits with what you know with the momentum and where, where things are going so um yeah so uh let's let's just wrap up with some hobby desk stuff and i have to announce my next uh my next finisher figure model so what uh, what are you guys working on uh, I, I'm still finishing up a few small projects. I like starting things. Finishing is always the hard part. Once I get to, you know, if I paint them and I get to the highlighting, shading, that's where I usually kind of slow because <laughs> yeah. that's more. I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think a, a gremlin swarm is still on my on my list. I just need to get some decent priming weather in so mm. I can like today. Yeah, exactly. You know, hopefully cross, <laughs> here we cross fingers. But and then I think I'll try to work on that. Otherwise, it'll be uh, probably a. Fenblade uh, UA. We'll see. Oh, okay. Very good. What about you, Jason? What are you working on? Um, I have a lot of assembling to do. Oh, very um, I also am finishing up, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen these D&D HD minis. The fact that they come pre-primed is actually excellent for oh, this wow. weather. Yes. It means that I can get a painting 
uh, bit of painting in. So doing some of those while I also assemble because, you know, it can, can get a little bland just putting things together. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and you can use those in your next Frost Ray game because I know you're dying to play that again. <laughs> it's a, it's um. a T-Rex. Yeah, I'll use it against you. Yeah. Just TK. <laughs> oh. Um yeah, I so my uh, I have some assembling to do because I have to build um, the scorn models for the journeyman league that I'm in, and so I think the next thing I have to build is the supreme guardian, yeah, and so go. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> um, but for my finish of figure model this time, it's going to be the warhog, and mm-hmm. that's in that's in one of my scorn lists, and and uh, well, I just love pharaohs anyway, so <laughs> very good. All right, so uh, the, I think this wrap, wraps up episode five. I want to thank Dan and Jason for, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we dove in pretty deep. Um, we had a good conversation, um, and, uh, and, I, and I hope that you listeners, I hope that you um, got some good things to, to ponder on. And um, the, the whole point of our podcast here is just to inspire people to play more. And uh, we want to, we want you to engage with us as well. We have a website that we're working on, spellstormminiatures.com. You can find us on facebook yep and twitter and we have a youtube page uh, and a facebook even <laughs> yeah it's crazy and so i mean you can just find us all over um and then uh and uh yeah and we want to hear more about about what you guys are doing too out there in listener land so once again uh thanks for playing guys thank, thank you. you for having me Thank you.